Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back, and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo! Welcome to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I'm Chris Graham. Jerry Ratcliffe and I are going to talk some Virginia sports today. Yeah, a lot going on um, still in basketball. We're three weeks past the season being over, and, and the news has not stopped. Jerry, uh, what's the what's the... What's got your attention these last few days as, um, you know, I guess the transfer portal has been kind of quiet. No more new guys from Virginia heading out. Uh, there's a lot of contacts from the Virginia staff to guys on the portal to see if they can get a guy or two in. What's the latest? Well, there's two guys visiting today as we speak. Um, uh, we know who one of them is. We don't know who the other one is at this moment. Uh, Jordan Minor. Uh, who's a uh, 6'8", 240 power forward from Merrimack uh, and a grad transfer, uh, came to Charlottesville yesterday. And uh, I know he's having dinner with Tony tonight along with another recruit. Again, we don't know who that is. But... um, Minor uh, was the, uh, I guess, Northeast Conference Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year this past season. Uh, had some eye-opening numbers with average 17 and a half points a game. Uh, Yeah, 17 and a half points, something like nine rebounds, shot over 50% from the field, I remember seeing. And he's a four-year guy, so he'd only be a one-year commitment for Virginia. It'd be kind of a short-term uh, situation there. Yeah, he would definitely be a fill-in-the-gap kind of player in a front court that was diminished by the transfer portal graduation and the NBA draft. And uh, he would be a nice complement to uh, – uh, another player or two that they've shown some interest in. Uh, minor uh, seems to, you know brings seems to bring us a, a solid uh, overall game to the table. Good defender, uh, good rebounder, decent scorer. Um, shot fifty one and a half percent from the field. Um, he's also looking at uh, Seton Hall. He's got a trip planned there, uh, I think, next weekend or a weekend after next, and uh, a trip to Iowa next weekend and to Florida Gulf Coast, um, I think, uh, this coming weekend. So uh, he should have his, uh, uh, his decision wrapped up pretty soon. Um, Another kid who uh, we heard has narrowed his list down to two since last night uh, when he when he had uh, cut it to five. Uh, Robert Jennings, I think we mentioned him last week. He's a six seven two twenty five power forward from Texas Tech who has three years of eligibility remaining. So um, supposedly he is down to Virginia and Maryland. We're told uh, somebody else said it's down to Virginia and whether he wants to go back to Texas tech 
or not, Texas Tech has a uh, a new head coach, the uh, North Texas State coach who coached against Virginia in the NIT last season. But Jennings, uh, we were talking about Miner being a good complimentary player for a year. Uh, he and Jennings would seemingly fit fairly well together as complimentary uh, power forwards on the a team. Um, Jennings um, supposedly will uh, visit 14th through the 16th. And um, the guy, uh, he didn't have very impressive numbers at Texas Tech in his freshman season, Chris, but uh, in fact, uh, only three times did he uh, – well, 10 times he played 10 minutes or more, or more in a game. And uh, if you projected those 10 minutes over a 40-minute window, his numbers would look pretty good. He would average 16 points and nine rebounds a game. But in reality, uh, his career high was eight points, which he hit three times. Um, he has played in 30 games with the Red Raiders. So he's not a rookie. Um, he had a lot of offers out of high school. Uh, he's from uh, Texas originally. And um, DeSoto, Texas. Uh, he had some pretty decent numbers, but uh, his freshman year down in Lubbock, he, uh, he only had two. 0.7 points and 1.9 rebounds a game and averaged about eight minutes a contest. So um, I think Virginia did recruit him out of high school. So they're familiar with what his potential is, and uh, that's part of what you recruit off of. And I think that's uh, probably what has attracted them to to him at this point. So. We know, uh, like we said, we know Miner is visiting right now along with another player. Uh, we know Jennings is coming 14th through the 16th, unless he moved up his schedule and is the other player here now. We're not sure who that other guy is. Um, but uh, some other guys have indicated that they want to visit Virginia, and, and one of those – uh, is Will Shaver, who was a, uh, a kid that a lot of people liked coming out of high school, a uh, three-star from Birmingham, Alabama, a uh, top 25 center prospect in the country, and uh, number three in the state of Alabama for any position, but committed to North Carolina. and. Uh, probably against better judgment, <clears throat> decided to enroll early. And what happened was uh, Carolina was all caught up in uh, – they were enjoying a pretty good season. That was the year – two years ago when they went to the national championship game and they were pouring all their energy into getting what they could out of that team. And in the meantime, Shaver kind of – 
slipped between the cracks, I think, in the program. He was living with two other players, and both of them transferred out. So he ended up being a freshman in a four-bedroom apartment in Chapel Hill uh, by himself um, and was just kind of forgotten about, I think. Um, so he redshirted that year and then came back this year. They thought he would be able to contribute to the depth in their front court. And um, on December the 20th, 20th, I think he stepped on another player's foot in practice and broke his foot, broke a bone in his foot, underwent surgery January 2nd and has missed the rest of the season. Um, he's a 6'10", 260 physical guy. Um, again, another another kind of guy that those other two would compliment uh, were they all here together. That would immediately, uh, I think, probably fix your front court problem uh, with those three guys. There's some other big guys that uh, have indicated Virginia is interested in them or, or they're interested in Virginia. So um, it looks like there's a, a, a lot of front court guys that uh, could be possibilities, Chris. Probably a need in the backcourt with uh, the news last week. I'm not sure if we had talked about this uh, before the news came out. I think it was actually Friday. Armand Franklin uh, announcing he's going to enter the NBA draft, and it seems like he is done at Virginia. He'll graduate in May, so he doesn't, you know, he won't suffer in any respect there. He probably won't hear his name called in the draft, but um, he'll he'll be done with college basketball. And we already knew about the Reese Beekman news. Reese announcing he's entering the draft, but will not hire an agent so he can maintain his college eligibility, at least, you know, unless something like Trey Murphy happens with him. And Murphy originally intended to to test the waters and come back and then found out he was a first round pick. And he's been putting up some good numbers uh, with New Orleans at 30 last night for the Pelicans in a uh, win over the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, so uh, that would probably tell you if those two guys – are both gone or even just Franklin's gone, maybe a, some depth in the backcourt. And if, if Beekman's gone as well, probably a point guard backup because right now it's just Dante Harris, the Georgetown transfer at point guard. Yeah. And I have to stand corrected on the uh, agent thing. I was informed and uh, that apparently there's been a, a new rule change with the NCAA where you can hire an NBA or NCAA approved agent and still maintain your eligibility. So these guys can uh, sign agents and still uh, come back to college if they don't like what they're seeing as long as they pull their name out of the draft by May 31st. So uh, that's a new uh, flip that I was not aware of. So uh, Uh, I guess either either one of those guys could come back if they want to. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because uh, I, I, all the mock drafts I've looked at, Chris, I don't see either one of them's name popping up anywhere. So, um, I've seen Beekman's name in a few in the late second round, and I've also seen several uh, mock drafts with no Beekman. 
I've not even seen, I mean, some of the, some of the mock drafts will, uh, will show you not just the two rounds, but then they'll, you know, show the predict projected top 100 or top 125 or top 150 players. The draft, there's only 60 guys who can get their names called. Right. I've not even seen Franklin's mm-hmm. name on the, as far as down as the top 150. So um, Beekman, certainly, I mean, the lowest I think I've seen him in, in the, in those uh, renderings is, you know, somewhere in the seventies. So if he's not called, he's, you know, he, he'll be one of the first few that, that don't get called and he could, you know, I, I would assume that could give him a, a good leg up for being an undrafted free agent, getting an invite to a camp or something like that. If he were to be so inclined to, to, to test the waters and and, and stay in the draft. Um, but uh, Franklin, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing anything with Franklin being anywhere close to even 150, which tells you, I mean, he's, if he, if he is intent on, you know, going pro is it's going to be overseas somewhere. Yeah, I would I would agree. And so uh who knows? Uh, both of those guys could be back in the fold by the end of May. We don't know that. Or uh, they both may be gone forever. We're not sure, but I will say that the indications I'm getting from from the whispers I'm hearing around is that Franklin is 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 done. Uh Beekman is is yeah. On the fence, but Franklin is 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 move is ready to move on. He's ready to graduate and see what happens with the rest of his life, basically. Yeah, and that's probably not a bad choice for him. Um, so you know, could be a Bigman plus team, and or it could be a minus Bigman team. I, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, another kid who uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, is really intrigues me, and uh, he's a a true pure shooter, and uh, he's definitely planning to visit Virginia as soon as uh, some of these uh, games in the uh, Geico Nationals are over with. I think he played last weekend, and I think he hit the winning shot in the uh, final game of that round one of competition. Uh, Blue Kane, uh, 6'4", shooting guard out of Knoxville, Tennessee originally, but played this past season for IMG down in Bradenton, Florida. And uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to see his uh, video highlights, Chris, but this guy could knock him down, man, I'm telling you. Uh, even as a man bun, like somebody we uh, used to know. But um, he's looked really strong uh, in, uh, in all the videos I've seen. He, Like I said, he, he was outstanding uh, in this recent round of games that are being held uh, down in Fort Myers, Florida. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what uh, – it's sort of um, – a national tournament, but not an official national tournament, if that makes any sense. But um, he's he's just played really well. And uh, I, I've, I've just been so impressed with his ability to shoot the basketball. And that's – I think he's exactly what Virginia needs right now in this point in time is to have another shooter in the program. If, if you got – McNeely and this kid in the lineup at the same time, uh, 
uh, I like the looks of that a lot. And uh, you you can't slack off one uh, without opening up the other to do a lot of damage. And uh, I I don't know what all he's looking for in a school. He he was Georgia Tech's only commitment or signee in the early signing period. And then when they uh, dismissed Josh Pastner uh, after the season, this kid asked to be released from that national letter of intent and was uh, so granted. So, uh, I mean, just wow. If they could, if they can get him in the fold and have those two guys uh, shooting up a storm next year, I think uh, that's going to help Virginia a lot. It would definitely address a need, uh, Virginia, uh, struggling in February and March with its three-point shooting after having some really good months early in the season. So addressing the front court needs, addressing some back court needs, there's going to be a lot of uh, give and take here the next few weeks uh, with visits and you know with the, the back and forth as far as that goes. Um, I had a story today, Jerry, uh, that's gotten quite a few clicks uh, for good reason, I guess. Uh, word uh, coming from around the program that Caden Shedrick is leaning towards uh, making his transfer decision, and uh, if he were to make it today, he'd be headed to Duke. And um, that would that'd be interesting uh, if you thought Justin McCoy going to North Carolina got people riled up. If uh, Caden Shedrick ends up back at Duke, down at Duke, uh, 30 miles from where he grew up in Holly Springs, North Carolina, uh, that would get tongues wagging in Charlottesville and in the UVA fan base. Oh, no question about it. Um, I mean, <laughs> you talk about uh, arch enemies, uh, they certainly are. And um, I mean, it wouldn't be highly unusual to see a guy uh, go to a school near where he grew up. So uh, we're, we saw that with Isaac Trout, who has since uh, committed to Creighton. And uh, we saw that with Justin McCoy, who has now transferred yet again to Hawaii. That was what a, he must be a smart kid. He's going. He's going to play his last year of college basketball in Hawaii. That's 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 a good move. Yeah, if you're not going to play a lot, at least enjoy the scenery, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, uh, I wish uh, Shedrick well wherever he winds up. He's a good kid, and I hope he uh, hope he lands on his feet. Uh, I saw. Uh, Illinois, or <clears throat> I think it was Illinois, was also interested in Shedrick. Uh, but I can't imagine him turning down Duke if that offer uh, would come to pass. Uh, it would be a good move on his part, I think. Yeah, it, but there's some logic to it. Uh, Duke has, as usual, uh, a, a signing class of a bunch of five stars, uh, three guys who are all six, eight power forwards. Uh, are among their five five stars coming in next year. Uh, assuming Kyle Filipowski uh, remain or, or, or declares for the draft and then remains in the draft, and I think that's a fair assumption. He just hasn't made that call yet. Um, from what I'm reading from the Duke basketball blog sources and other other sources that I've been c- consulting the last couple of days, there, and, and uh, news on that is expected either today or tomorrow on Filipowski's part. Uh, 
they they're losing their other big guy uh, to the draft. So I think that's was that uh, lively uh, committing to the draft. So there's you know there's a three star guy uh, who was a, a recruit that came in this year didn't play a lot um, at Duke, and then other than that it'd be those uh, who's a seven footer I think. The uh, the six eight kids, uh, you know, would uh, it, it's hard to imagine they all would play at the same time, or even two of the three would play at the same time. Uh, you know, you you would assume that you would want to have a, a, a you know a rim protecting big in there with them. So, Shedrick could could compete for a starting job there. If nothing else, he's a you know fifteen minute guy off the bench, and and um, but there is there is some some logic to that if that would be the case. In fact, the the Duke sources I was uh, catching up with uh, the last couple of days, uh, it seems like uh, they've been expecting all along that when Filipowski announces uh, his intention to go into the draft, that Shire uh, would have already been looking for a big like a Shedrick to 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 fill that void. So, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be good for him. Uh, uh, and uh, he, he would have two years of eligibility left and he'd have a UVA degree, uh, I assume, next month. And. He could work on a couple of master's degrees if he stayed two more years at Duke. He'd he'd he'd, he'd be uh, all set out there for life after that. Yes, he would, and uh, that would just add a little bit more to the rivalry as well. That, that would be cool. Um, there's a a hundred other names that have been either tied to Virginia or or Virginia's been tied to them, but. Uh, we don't know of any other visits that have been set at this point. Uh, that'll probably happen as soon as we go off the air, but <laughs> uh, that seems to be the case. Every time we report something like this, then uh, more, more things open up that evening, but uh, gosh, there's so many guys out there and so many slots to fill. It's going to be interesting to, Watch this unfold as uh, try to figure out what Tony and his staff are doing and trying to rebuild this team and uh, with limited pieces that they already have. And uh, then again, you, you don't know whether you're going to get Bigman back or not. Um, how many of these big guys should you jump on? Should you take them all? If you, if you, get, if you can get them all, should you take them all? Probably should right now because they got the scholarships available. Um, you're getting three guys that have played quite a bit in some instances and not hardly at all in some others. So there's uh, there's at least four big guys um, either visiting or planning on visiting that have expressed a strong interest in Virginia. So. Um, It's just going to be interesting to see how many of these guys they take and who they fill in around them with with other guys popping up throughout the portal. Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family-owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's big-time steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat-screen televisions tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, 
where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630. Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Goodfeet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA. Excited to be back coaching um, my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it right now, there's uh, the math I've done. You got six guys that, uh, including the two incoming freshmen, uh, Elijah Gertrude and Blake Buchanan, that uh, you would rely on for minutes next year, and that would include Tane Murray, who didn't get minutes until late in the season this year. Um, but then, you know, if, if, in the front court, it would just be uh, Ryan Dunn and then Buchanan, the incoming freshman. So there's there's the glaring need. I mean, at least two more guys, maybe three uh, to flesh out your front court, um, but at least two reliable guys who are going to compete for minutes. And then in the back court, you know, with uh, assuming Franklin's gone, which is, is a safe assumption, I think. And I, I'm assuming Beekman's back until I hear otherwise. I, I just can't imagine that anybody's going to advise him to. Take a take a run on the draft when he is so uns his draft stock is so uncertain whether or not he would even hear his name called. Um, but you still would need a you would want at least one shooter, I think, to just you know kind of go in there and compete. So, um, yeah, you got scholarships are available, you know, and they don't do you any good if they're not used. And uh, I still think it could be a good thing to get another point guard, especially a young point guard, uh, if there's someone on the portal that you can you know, find and, and, and vet and, and decide fits the system well, because then you could groom that, that player uh, to, you know, be well, be ready to, you know, jump in next year. Cause you know, that Beekman, if he comes back this year, he's, he's, he's going to be a one-year guy after this, he still has two years of eligibility left, but you know, I, I would assume if he put his name in the draft this year, he would leave next year. Um, so, you know, maybe have an opportunity to, to train somebody to, to, uh, and also let that person be in the mix uh, to get some minutes this year. So, uh, but yeah, that, this this cannot be fun in a lot of ways for Tony and the staff. Um, this they, they had the most experienced roster in, in in the ACC and one of the most veteran rosters in the country just a few weeks ago, and now they're having to piece it back all together. Yeah, um, uh, it's got to be frustrating. I I was on a. Uh, <clears throat> sports talk show in uh, Burlington, Vermont. Uh, don't ask me why, because <laughs> they asked me to come on uh, last Saturday and talk about the NIL and the transfer portal and how it's impacted basketball, probably because it's uh, wreaked havoc with Virginia here for a little bit. But um, And they were asking, you know, uh, you think this is something that will ultimately drive Tony Tony Bennett and some of these other, excuse me, uh, more established coaches out of the business because of the unnecessary headaches? Um, 
and and all the uh, additional stress it puts on a coach. And uh, I mean, I don't know that it's at that point yet, but I I, I do think it had an impact on Jay Wright, and uh, I think I think it impacted Jim Beheim's decision a little bit. That uh, you know that, and he he talked about it a little bit during the season that you know you don't have to go out and the traditional way and build your program anymore. You just throw some NIL money around and you got a new team. Voila. And um, we were seeing it all over the place. Uh, it makes you wonder if it didn't usher out Shashevsky uh, and some of those people maybe a little earlier than they had planned on, on stepping aside. But uh, I, I don't know how coaches do it. I mean, it's it was not an easy job before just dealing with the regular recruiting where you've got the, the early signing periods and then the additional signing period. Now you got the transfer portal to deal with. And that seems to be ongoing. Uh, at least they're trying to put some kind of uh, caps on it to where you have to do things by a certain period of time and and limiting the number of times you can transfer, um, which uh, they're going to have to do because it's, it's insane right now, Chris. It's it's just totally insane. Yeah, you're uh, unlike in pro sports, uh, guys are free agents every year, and uh, you know there's there's you know people people who always preferred college sports to pro sports would say, well, there's too much movement in the pros. Guys change uniforms. All, all the time well uh, they really don't compare to this now uh you, you have to when you sign a contract generally guys sign contracts for multi-years even just a couple of years and in college they can certainly right now the way things are move around uh you know pretty easily from year to year i, I, I honestly think the only way all this changes is um when the ncaa finally and its member institutions finally start actually paying the student athletes um I don't know how the, you know, the, and, and that will change the economics of college sports forever. But uh, when you start paying guys and gals, uh, then they'll have contractual terms and, you know, that you, you could sign people for two or three or four years. Then they won't move around because you've signed them. Um, but, uh, and, and you're paying them a contract. Uh, but uh, right now, all those grants and aid are year to year. And if you know, coaches have always had that power over, their student athletes and now the student athletes are getting back. <laughs> They're getting back after all these years. They're getting it back, getting it back. Yeah, at and, the end. And, well, and, it, and it makes you wonder too about uh with Rick Patino going to St. John's. He, he when he came in, he said, uh I, I'm expecting a, an almost complete roster change here because you got to be a certain kind of player to play for me. And I don't see a lot of those guys on this roster. So they can revoke your scholarship anytime they want. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wonder if we might start seeing even more of that now, if uh, when, when coaches change over to different programs and, you know, uh, you, with the portal out there, you can go get two or three new guys in a heartbeat. 
Oh, heck, Kansas State this year. Didn't that new coach come in last this time last year? He had one player that was that he that ended up on this year's team. Yeah. Uh, that way he, he inherited when he took the job and he went to the elite eight, I think it was. So, yes. um, yeah, you can, you can not only build a new roster, but you can build a good new roster. If you're, <laughs> uh, if you're NIL and your school's admissions department cooperate well, <laughs> exactly. exactly. that's yeah. the disadvantage that, that Virginia's got Virginia, uh, admissions, uh, not quite as loose as it is in a lot of places and, Division one basketball, uh, division one sports in general. And um, I don't know that our NIL game is quite what it could be yet either. So there's, uh, you know, two distinct disadvantages, not just for Tony Bennett, but for, you know, any coach uh, at Virginia to try to compete with with their uh, brethren and, and and the rest. Yeah, no question about it. Um, and we've mentioned it before on the podcast, too, that in, in terms of the uh, transfer portal, some of these guys who, who want to come, some of their credits might not transfer because Virginia just doesn't accept it, just any credit. So that adds another uh, complication to their puzzle as well. Yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, it, it, and that's what makes this era tougher uh, even, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking right now. <laughs> The, the acceptance rate at, at Kansas State is in the uh, mid to upper 90s in terms of, you know, the number of people who apply versus the, the number who are accepted. It's it's pretty good school to get into if you're trying to get into a school. Virginia's acceptance rate is in the low 20% range. Um, so that's a disadvantage. Yeah, the, the credits transfer. I mean, the thing is, and, and I guess another level of disadvantage to this is when Virginia guys or gals, in the case we're talking about basketball here today, men's basketball today, Aiden Shedrick's transferring out. Well, he's a he's a student in good standing at the University of Virginia. He can get in any school in the country he wants to. Um, same for I mean Isaac Trout, obviously. You know all the all the people transferring out of Virginia can get into anywhere. Um, Virginia can't just take anybody from anywhere though. They have to you know they still have to get into school, and that's uh, I'm not I'm not complaining. It's just the fact that uh, it's it's it does it's a it's a factor that that uh, Tony. The two Tonys and Brian and other coaches, Coach Mox and all the rest, have to deal with that. Uh, you know, not too many other people, uh, North the Northwesterns, Vanderbilt, Stanford's of the world have to deal with, but but you know, Virginia coaches definitely have to have to deal with that layer. Absolutely, no question about. It. So uh, we've we've uh, talked basketball to uh, the end there. Maybe we should talk uh, any any football news you want to bring up. Uh. There's, uh, they've had a couple of commitments in the past week or so, Chris. So uh, they did get one kid from the transfer portal. Um, I got so many. Uh, I hate this time of year because your basketball and your football notes run together. Uh, yeah, the transfer portal kid. Uh, and uh, I guess you got to give new offensive line coach uh, uh, Terry Hefferman uh, a lot of credit. He's been working hard trying to be- rebuild his offensive line. Um, he has uh, attracted uh, Brian Stevens, uh, offensive lineman, 6'2", 290 from Dayton through the portal. Um 
And Stevens' uh, distinction is he was the highest graded FCS offensive guard in all of FCS football uh, for the 2022 season uh, through our friends at Pro Football Focus. Um, and it wasn't even close. I think uh, his grade for the season was 86.5. Uh, the number two guy was 84.4. So uh, nowhere even close. No. Um, he, he played in 20 games for Dayton. Uh, don't know a lot else about him other than, you know, um, just another building block there. And um, a couple other kids, uh, high school, in-state high school kids, they have landed for uh, a class of uh, 23, I guess it is. Um, Ethan Mentor uh, from Thomasdale High School down in Chester, uh, three-star athlete. Uh, projected as a wide receiver or safety at Virginia. He's 6'1", 190. Um, actually, the class of 2024. So he's a kid that was actually offered by Broncos staff a couple of years ago. And uh, so he's been on Virginia's radar for quite some time. He was here for... Uh, a recent junior day, and um, I never really know what to make of some of these composite rankings, but uh, in 247 Sports Composite ranking, he's listed as the number 1,113th prospect in the country. <laughs> uh I don't know how you do that, but uh, the number 123 athlete and the number 29 uh, prospect overall in the state of Virginia, which that makes a little more sense. Um, he chose Virginia over the Hokies, uh, over JMU and Liberty. So uh, not a lot of, well, no other schools outside the state, really. Uh, somebody said Maryland was on his list, but I don't think he, even though they offered, I don't think he ever considered Maryland at all. Um, so I guess anytime you're a Virginia coach and you get a commitment from somebody over the Hokies, you've, you've done a good job in, in, uh, landing that kid. Uh, the other high school kid that they got a commitment from uh, Benjamin York. Uh, big big kid, 6'5", 286, offensive tackle out of Lake Braddock High School up in Burke, Northern Virginia. And uh, he's also listed as the number 29 prospect in the state uh, by 247 Sports, uh, another three-star. His list of uh, offers not quite as impressive as as the other kids. Uh, he chose Virginia over Appalachian State. 
Monmouth, Kentucky, excuse me, Kent State, uh, Old Dominion, and Temple. Um, so, not exactly an eye popping list, but, uh, you know, he's an offensive lineman. He's got the room to grow and time to develop. And, um, that's, uh, that's the uh, only two high school commitments they have so far for the 2024 class, Chris. It's, um, it is, it, what a coincidence that that one kid you talked about is the 1,113th rated recruit or something like that. I'm the 1,113th best sports writer. I'm, t- I'm channeling Tucker McLaughlin now <laughs> uh, in Virginia. So, um, yeah, what a, what a small world that kind of thing is. Yeah, you, you wonder where they get <laughs> You know, you're, you're oh, well, this kid's uh, no, he's he's not even close to being as good as a 1,001 or 12 kid, though. I mean, that that kid, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's all fun, isn't it? Uh, 30 years ago, we didn't have those comparisons, you just had to go out there and find guys and say, I think he's good, let's let's get him to come here. I still think that's the best way is through the eye test. And if a guy it looks like he fits your program and meets your requirements, and you see him and you like him. I, I, sometimes I think that's good enough. Sometimes I think they just recruit kids off who else has offered him, and um, sometimes that's not a, a true indication of how good a, a kid is. Well, and winning winning uh, on signing day, uh, our friends down in Miami could tell you, it doesn't do a lot for you in, in the fall. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they they win a lot of signing days. Uh, they and they they're always really good at the ACC kickoff too. But uh, uh, then when they have to they have to play, they actually have to play on the field. That's a different thing. So, um, but that said, yeah, some football recruiting news there. I know we have some football news. We're kind of we're so deep in basketball right now, both of us at JerryRadcliffe.com and AugustaRadcliffe.com. Um, but uh, I know spring practice is going on. Uh, I've got a few, I'm, I'm my, my bank of stories. Now I've got three or four stories. I'm behind now the linebacker group. I think I still have to write about, uh, the quarterback group. Yeah. They keep rolling out the groups for us to talk with. And, uh, you know, yeah, you get on the zooms and you transcribe the notes, but then, uh, you know, something else happens in basketball and that's where everybody's reading right now. They don't want they want to know what's happening to the basketball team more than a football team right now. So that's where our, our attention needs to be. Yeah, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you've got a a top twenty-five basketball program that's you know not that far away from a national championship a few years ago, and uh, even though they're coming off somewhat of a disappointing season, and the fact that it ended prematurely in most people's minds, um, they still were co-ACC champions. Uh, they still were a pretty darn good team. Uh, beat some good teams early in the season and um, provided a lot of uh, highlights and thrills. And uh, and now most of those players are gone. And, you know, it, it's only natural to find, you know, for people to want to know who's taking their place, it's, like you said, it's 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 like uh, it's like an NFL team's draft day. I mean, except it, it's never ending. But uh, it's uh, you know, people are curious about, well, who are we going to get for this spot? Who's going to 
playing this spot. Uh, can we get that many guys to fill out a roster? And, you know, how will they blend together, et cetera, et cetera? So uh, as opposed to the football program, which is coming off a tough year and by all accounts, it projected to have another uh, tough year coming up. But um, so the interest is, is definitely there in basketball. And uh, one thing that slipped my mind, I've uh, got to give our tip, a, tip our hats to, Chris, is uh, is our good friend uh, Jay Huff for yes. winning uh, the G League Defensive Player of the Year uh, this past season. That uh, I mean, everybody loved Jay Huff. <laughs> yeah, Jay was a fan favorite even when he wasn't getting minutes, and then when he started getting minutes and playing well, and now he's having to fight his way kind of similarly in the uh, in the pro ranks. He's uh, now on a two-way deal with the Washington Wizards. He played a lot of the season on a two-way deal with the uh, LA Lakers and getting some minutes at the uh with the with the Wizards uh in the NBA. But uh, you know, he's a guy that uh I guess I've I've used this before. He's like kind of like a four A guy in baseball, you know, the old saying about the you're you're too good for triple A, but maybe not quite good enough for uh the big leagues. I he's good enough for the NBA, but he's not getting those looks. So right now he's sort of a four A guy. He's too good for the G League. Uh, no question about that. And he just needs to find the right spot. And uh, I, I still can't imagine for anything, a 7-1 guy who can shoot threes and, and block shots and play defense the way he does can't find a spot in the NBA. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, you know, I, I think he will at some point. Uh, I don't know how long-lived it might be, but uh, uh, somebody's going to see some value, I think, and giving him a chance to uh, show what he can do. Uh, he's, uh, I think his best basketball is still ahead of him. Yeah, he's an yeah. athletic guy. I remember that dunk. Yeah, there was that dunk in a game against Duke, I think down in Durham, where he took off from the foul line. And it wasn't in a dunk contest. It was in a game. And he threw, he threw down a dunk and got fouled. And you're like, you know, he's a seven, some, a lot of 7-1 guys are, you know, can't, can't walk and shoot gum at the same time. This guy can. He's seven one with leaping ability. It's I can't wait to see him in a dunk contest. I don't. He's he's probably too nice a guy to do too much, too much stuff. But uh, boy, with his 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 height, his his long arms, and his incredible leaping ability, and his three point shooting, man, he is he's he's got a lot of stuff. It, he'll yeah, he's he's too good not to catch on somewhere. He's just got to find the right situation. He was he was one of the most entertaining guys we've seen come through here. Yeah. Really, you yeah. stop and think about it. He, First game, he was like five of six from three. You know, it was a game. It was a throwaway game in November. He comes out and, you know, we've heard about Jay Huff and then this big kid's hitting threes. And then he didn't play for a while after that, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, and he's a super nice guy too. He's almost too nice a guy. Um, never forget though, that, that game against Duke right before the pandemic, unfortunately, um, where he blocked that shot, uh, the Duke kid. I can't think of the Duke kid's name now. Uh, but they ran a little pick and roll play, perfectly executed. I mean, this kid had a dunk, and Jay came out of nowhere and blocked it. And then I think he he just missed a triple double with blocks with that. I think he had nine blocks in that game, which was just amazing in itself. And for the first time I remember ever seeing Jay Huff, he like had this roar. He like ah after he blocked that shot, 
such yeah. a nice kid. And then he just showed fire there and, um, and, 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 and then made the free throws and Virginia won the game. And, you know, yeah, he, what a, what a kid, what memories of him. Glad to see him doing well. And, and he needs to, you know, somebody in the NBA needs to give him an even better shot. Yeah. And you, you mentioned what a nice guy he is. Uh, it was not surprising to see that. It was not surprising to see that he, um, when asked about the award, the defensive player, the player of the year award, he said, I wish I could cut this in thirds or fourths and give it to some, my teammates, because, uh, I knew that uh, the two guards down in front of me, if anybody did finally escape their uh, defensive prowess and make it down the lane, that they knew I was back there to make up for it. But I always knew that the chances of anybody coming down the lane were rare because these guys were so good at what they did. But uh, that's just the kind of kid he is. He's uh, just uh, the kind of guy that makes Virginia fans proud, I think, of the the type of player that comes out of here. You know, you, you, part of you wants to say that they learned that from Tony, but Tony also recruits kids who already like that too. So, um, yeah, that's there's there's a little bit of a two way street there. He uh, he recruits good kids, and then they they become even better kids when they get there. So, uh, yeah, and and you you, you could also he, he could have also said. Um, I wouldn't have blocked so many shots if, the, if those guys weren't letting get guys guys get around him all the time. But he he's, he, <laughs> he he wouldn't do that. No, he, I saw he had a great game uh, in the G League a couple of weeks ago. He had like 31 points, 16 boards. I think it was seven blocks in the game. I mean, just those are video game numbers. That's that's you know, he, if he gets the right situation once again, he will he will put. I don't know. He'll put 31, 16, and seven up, but. He'll put up he'll put up double digit scoring. He'll rebound. He'll block shots at the at the NBA level once he gets uh, a, a chance to to finally get in there and and get some minutes. Yeah, I don't know if it was the game against the Bucks or not, but uh, one of the better teams in the league, and his numbers were fantastic. You figure if he can do it in a game like that, he he's got potential enough to play in the league for a while, no question. And I also wanted to uh, mention, I went, I'm went. i going to write about this tonight, but uh, I dropped by the uh, Good Feet store the other day, and um, what a uh, great crowd to, they had for uh, to say farewell to Kihei Clark and Jaden Gardner, two of the class kids, um, two more of the class kids that have come out of the program. They were, I mean, they were lined up out of the street to come into the store and have their photographs taken with uh, those two kids and uh, get an autograph poster um, just to chit-chat and tell them. I heard so many people give them personal messages about how much fun they were to watch and uh, wished them so well, whatever their uh, future holds for them. And, and uh, you could tell that Kie and, and Jaden were both very appreciative of what the fans thought of them. And uh, uh, it was really nice for Jonathan Cotton, the uh, owner of the Good Feet store, to, to have an event like that to where 
give fans an opportunity to to say goodbye because often you don't really get an opportunity to do that. Um, they play their last game and they're gone, and you don't see them again for a couple of years. And you might run into them at the Aberdeen Barn or somewhere. But I, it was really nice to uh, to see them get saluted like that. And uh, hats off to Virginia fans for showing up and and uh, seeing them off to a fond farewell. Yeah, too bad we can't figure out a way to get them to come back for one more year. That's the, that's the only bad thing. <laughs> one more year would have been nice. <laughs> one, more, one more year. That's right. That's right. Um, and you, so you've talked about the Good Feet Store. I know as we wrap up, you'd like to, to thank the sponsors. So the Good Feet Store obviously had a big event. You'll be writing about that tonight. Yeah, well, uh, I have that and a few photographs and uh, that'll be cool. Also, um, the Aberdeen Barn, which I slipped in there, but mm-hmm. Uh, you will see former Virginia athletes and coaches and people there in the barn uh, chowing down on food from the state's best steakhouse in a great atmosphere. Uh, you can watch, uh, go by there this weekend, have a steak, watch the Masters, uh, have a good time. And um also, uh, Roback, our uh, great sponsor. I, I don't have their gear on today, but uh, Activewear, Sportswear, Charlottesville-based company, one of the fastest-growing clothing lines in America. They've just rolled out a whole new uh, line of spring fashion. With uh, uh, They even have a, a Charlottesville shirt with uh, little uh, Charlottesville icons in the shirt that uh, any Wahoo or Charlottesvillian would be uh, proud to display. So men's and women's line. So uh, go to their ad on our uh, website or on your phone and click on it. Uh, Choose your merchandise and uh, when you check out, use code Jerry, J-E-R-R-R-Y, and get um, a nice 20% discount on your first order. So please support our sponsors because without them, uh, we can do this every week or a few times a week. And uh, we appreciate them and we appreciate you. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to our listeners and readers out there. For more uh, on Virginia sports, uh, we are both hard at work. At go to jerryradcliffe.com, augustafreepress.com, and um, and you'll you'll find out the latest. You'll find out what we know. And there's a lot going on right now these days. Thanks to Jerry Radcliffe as well for letting me be a part of this show. I'm signing off. Chris Graham. Everyone have a great week. <laughs>